0: Welcome to this episode of the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. The mission of the Greenville Oaks Church of Christ is to inspire people to follow Jesus because we are convinced that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Find out more about Greenville Oaks or connect with us online at greenvilleoaks.org. I love hearing you sing. Um, my wife and I a couple of times have gotten to go to a, a hill song. Uh, worship service, one in San Francisco and one in London, and uh, when the Hillsong people come out, they say, all right, you're not here to listen, you're here to sing, you're not here to watch people worship, you're here to worship, so here we go, and uh, always appreciated that, and I, I love it that you kind of come at things the same way, appreciate that uh, sweetness today, really sweet. Well, we have had uh, some time in Ephesians, the first three chapters. If you're watching online and you just happen to come across this today, or you're here and not really uh, too familiar with some of the Bible stuff, uh, there was a town called Ephesus and there was a man called by God to preach about Jesus, and he writes a letter to the people in Christ in Ephesus, in that area around Ephesus. And he writes the letter from prison in Rome, where he is imprisoned by Nero, the the Caesar, who will eventually uh, kill Paul and Peter, too. He would go for a double. So this is a slice out of real life. This is not a a fictional account. This is something that really happened, really was written down, sent to real people who lived in a real place. Now, in our uh, visiting, preaching over the last few weeks, we've had five sermons already out of Ephesians 1 through 3. We get to finish that up today. In this, we've heard uh, marvelous things. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. We've heard that Christ has come and by his sacrifice has worked out the plan that was made by God before the world was made. Salvation would be through Jesus Christ and that not only would Jesus offer his life for us, but the Holy Spirit would come and share his life in us as a down payment of the life to come. Then we heard Paul pray the first time in this letter. And as he prayed the first time in this letter, he prayed that we would know our inheritance, that we would know the hope that we have, that we would know the power that we have. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead would be working in us. The power that raised Jesus from the dead and exalted him to the right hand of God, above all rulers and powers and authorities, so that Jesus could be the head over all things for the sake of the church, his body. And then in chapter 2, Paul says, "Uh, you you know how it was. You know how it was. We were all dead in our transgressions and sins. We were following the prince of the power of the air. We were following the one who offers life but cannot provide life. Who will advertise that he has hope for you but actually has no hope for you. That's where we were. But God, but God, who's rich in mercy, by his grace has given us salvation in Jesus Christ. He says, uh, it is by grace that you are saved. And not saving yourself. Otherwise, you'd go around boasting about it. Hey, did you hear that I saved myself on Tuesday? Yep, did it. Got that knocked out. I'm fine now. Not of ourselves. So nobody can brag about saving themselves, but that we were saved so that God could turn us into his own creation in the world. And as that creation, then we would come together the Jews and the Gentiles, all the people in the world could come together in Christ with every barrier knocked down because of the blood of Jesus on the cross. And that God would, by that, he would create this temple, the apostles and the prophets, as the foundation, and Jesus as the cornerstone. Then Paul says, beginning of chapter three, you know, you know, God is... God has given me a great opportunity here to, to be chosen, to be one. who brings the story of the mystery of God saving the world in Jesus Christ. And it's just so sweet that God is at work among us today. And then Paul does this thing that Paul does in his letters. Paul understands that when his letters are sent out, they're going to be read out loud to a group of people. And so his letters are not only letters for information, but they're also liturgy. They're also worship. I mean, he's prayed once in uh, chapter one. He's going to pray now again in chapter three. He'll pray again before it's all done. He knows that people not only need this information, but he's gonna, he's gonna worship with them. He's gonna pray with them. He's gonna pour out of his own heart into the lives of these people. Um, that may sound odd to you, but you know, reading silently to yourself is, is a pretty modern thing. It sort of came after Gutenberg invented the printing press. In fact, in earlier days, it would have been kind of ill-mannered to read to yourself. He needed to read so other people could hear it. Jesus goes into the synagogue and takes the scroll in uh, Luke chapter 4 and reads from Isaiah 61. And the Ethiopian eunuch is in his uh, carriage going down back home. and, And when Philip comes up next to the carriage, he hears Isaiah 53 being read. Interesting. They would have really thought earbuds were weird. And so Paul prays this prayer knowing that people will hear this in church. And as he prays it, he, uh, he prays it with a special kind of intensity. And so we want to hear it sort of that way. So... Um, This is the way he prays it. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all God's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine— According to His power that is at work within us, to Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. I think um, I think he mentioned that he wanted to kneel in prayer as as a way of saying I, I'm really. I'm really intense about this. And I would hope that that you, as you think about your own prayers, would know that there's there's some prayers that are probably walking along prayers. There's probably some bowing your head prayers. There's probably some kneeling prayers. There's probably some falling flat on your face prayers. Probably so. Paul understands that. But, Having prayed this prayer, we want to overhear it. And so I want to ask the Lord to bless us this morning to be able to hear the message in this prayer and to set ourselves to receive the blessings for which Paul has prayed. Lord, this morning we claim the blessings of this prayer as our own prayer. In the name of your Son, Jesus. The first thing I want you to notice is maybe unusual to you. Maybe something you would read over and, and, and you would catch on it and you'd go, I wonder about that. And the thing that you would wonder about, I want to talk about. He says, I, I'm kneeling before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Now, I'm, I'm here in a church building. I'm here at the Greenville Oaks Church of Christ. I'm here where people call themselves the family of God. I'm here in a, in a place where we claim the promises of Romans chapter 8, that because the Holy Spirit is in us, we are marked as a sign of our adoption into God's family. And this allows us to call God our Abba Father and Jesus as our brother. I'm part of the family that's been born again. You know that. And, and that's true. And that is family, capital family. But we want to hear what Paul says. Paul says, there's also a way in which I feel connected to every man and woman in this world. I feel connected to everyone who has drawn life. Every life is a life because God has breathed some air into them and God wa- wants us to sense in this message that it is all right for us to love all of the people that he loves for God so loves the christians because he gave his only son. Is that right? It's not right. For God so loved the world. God so loves the people who care about him and then don't care about him. God loves the well and the sick. God loves the straight. God loves the crooked. God loves everyone. Every one. That doesn't mean everybody loves God. But God's love is of such dimension that you don't have to love him back for him to love you. God is the first lover. And Paul claims that connection today. And so when we have missions Sundays, when we have trunk or treat on the parking lot, who is showing up? People beloved by God. And in, we, don't have to, we don't have to go around, God likes that one, God doesn't like that one. God likes that one. No, I think, well, I don't know, that's a close one. Not our job. They're a part of God's created Family. Now, in the body of Christ, we're a part of God's recreated family. And our job as mission people in the world is to help people move from created to recreated in Christ. But I want you to hear Paul talking about this. I'm bowing before the God from whom every family derives its name. Now, with that said, verse 16 says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I love it. I pray that out of His glorious riches. We talked a little bit about lavish, maybe. Maybe we didn't. Back in chapter one, it talks about God has lavished His his love on us. God lavished His grace on us. Lavished yesterday morning Being the granddad that I am, yep. Got my little granddaughter pancakes. Yep. She wanted syrup. Uh, My granddaughter is just turned four, and all of her R's are Y's. So if she were to tell you her, she would say she's fully and when she talks about pancakes syrup, up, she wants moi. I want moi. It's kind of cute. We're hoping that, you know, maybe eventually with a little speech training, she can discover her R in places. But Paul says, I'm not afraid to ask this blessing for you because God is rich. God is rich is glorious in his riches. God's not rationing things out. God is rich in his glorious blessings and the power that he's going to give you is a power through his spirit in your innards. In your inner being. I don't know exactly where inner being is. But I think it's that place where sometimes we're desperate, sometimes we're empty, sometimes we're lonely, sometimes we're hopeless, sometimes... I don't know what all it is for you. Desperate, unloved, inner being. I hope for you it's a place where now you feel secure, warm, cared for, inner being. You know what it is. And you know what it is for people when they're so desperately empty that they feel like they have no hope. Inner being. I want God out of his glorious riches to grant you the Holy Spirit in your inner being. Now there's several things you can do with the Holy Spirit, New Testament talks about. You can be filled with the Spirit. You can grieve the spirit, you can quench the spirit. Paul is not in favor of grieving and quenching. Paul is in favor of us making more, more, more room, more and more room, more and more room for the spirit of God in us. How do you do that? Well, you expand the dimensions of your heart, yes. You take out some of the garbage that's in your heart to make more room, make more room. What goes in that space? More spirit, more of the presence of the Holy Spirit, more of his might, more of his power. I want to make this room. And the Holy Spirit comes so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I want to live like Jesus. I want to have an attitude like Jesus. When I talk, I would like to talk more like Jesus and less like me, the champion cusser at Hillcrest Elementary School School in the fourth grade. I want to know Christ. I want Christ to live in me by faith. I want Christ to live in me in such a way is that when I, no matter who I'm with, somehow Christ is between me and that person. When I hear someone talk to me, that their words are mediated into my life through Christ who lives in me by faith. I want to be a Christ-like person and to be a Christ-like person, I need to be a Christ-possessing person. the place Christ wants to live in us by faith is right in our inner being the actual spirit and the faith presence of the risen Christ living in us (laughs) Mm -mm -mm. it's pretty sweet What do y'all do down at your church? What are y'all about? Oh, we're inspiring people to follow Jesus, but we're really hoping people will follow Jesus because Jesus gets in them. They'll follow the one who lives in their heart by faith as the Holy Spirit empowers them to do so. Sounds kind of big. That sounds kind of audacious. That counts like a big deal. Oh, yes. The presence and the power of the living God by the Spirit living in us by faith. We believe in that. The Father and the Son and the Spirit alive in us. We believe in that. That defines who we are and what we embrace. And then, this sort of middle section, let's see if we can figure out what Paul's about. And I pray that you, you all, y'all, you guys, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all God's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. What's that about? Well, well, if somebody comes to me and says, can we get a hot dog? You know, what I was really thinking about is a hot dog. So if you don't have anything else to do, could we go get a hot dog? I would think maybe this person was interested in a hot dog. I know you're amazed at my insight into the human condition. But I would also think that if Paul says, I want, you to, I want you to be rooted and established in love, and I want you to know all the dimensions of love, and I want you to know the love that surpasses knowledge, that somehow he thinks at the end of what he's writing in his this is what God is doing for us section, at the end of that, he believes that the payoff is love. Now, I had a friend one time who was preaching at a place just west of here. And he had been preaching a little bit on grace and love. And he had one of the deacons of the church come boiling up to him in the hallway. And he said, if I hear any more about this grace and love trash, I'm leaving. Oh. This is in some of us sometimes. It's in some of us that that somehow people have told us that grace and love are weak, but law and rules and structure are strong. And so when people say we need to get back to first principles or we need to get back to the basics, those of us who preach know what they mean. What they mean is they want to get down to structures and ABCs, but they don't want to get down to what's primary and truly at the heart of the Christian faith. Because faith, love, grace, grace, Those are not the weak sisters of the Christian faith. I want you to be established in love. What's the pot you're growing in? (laughs) Where do your roots go? Down into love. What are the dimensions of the world you're living in? And what is your world filled with? Love. Was asking my grandson the other day, what was between the planets? Well, you know, he said, Well, you know, between Mars and Jupiter there's asteroids. Okay, fine, thank you. What's between the asteroids? Space. What's in the space? He's six. Um just space, I guess. You know, back in the older days, they used to say that that space was filled with what they called ether and that that's what was between all the planets. You don't even care about that. But either way, you need to know what's really infusing all of space is the love of God. You can't go anywhere that the love of God isn't. You can't run away from it. You can be the prodigal that goes to the far country, but the love of God is in the far country. I know. I worked with the church in Las Vegas, Nevada. The love of God is there. And he says... And, and you don't have to figure it all out. You don't have to think that you can conquer love with your expansive brain because the love of God is beyond your knowledge. So just relax. You don't have to understand everything about how the love of God works and what inspires it and why God would love us All you have to say is it's more than I can do. I I don't know the width of it, the height of it, the breadth of it, the depth of it. I don't know anything in love of God, but I am planted in it. And this is my life. Because this is the way, planted in love, that I will be able to be filled with the fullness of God. To live in love, to practice love, to seek love, to share love is to be filled with the measure of the fullness of God. We will just soak in that for a while. And then the end of the chapter is the doxology. It's called the doxology because people... Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Well, you know that. The doxology. Words of praise. Words of praise. We love it. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that's at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Some people use this as a way of manipulating the world they're in. Um, I want the church to do this audacious thing. I believe that, that Greenville Oak should build a 3,000-seat auditorium and fill it every Sunday. Well, that's good. I don't think we ought to do that. What do you mean? Well, I just don't think, I don't, you know, we're not that big yet. We don't have quite that much space. What do you mean? Don't you believe that God can do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine? I can imagine this so he can do more than this. You're an unbeliever. You don't have faith. What's wrong with you? You don't have faith. And people use this as a tool to whack people over over their heads. You kind of go, man, what do you do with that? This person says, if you can ask or imagine it, God can do more than that. And so if I don't go along with with uh, with buying an aircraft carrier and make making, we've got an aircraft carrier for Jesus and somehow I'm an unbeliever. but I don't know about this. You can marry that faithless man. You can marry that man and he'll become a Christian. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It, You know, maybe. Don't you believe God can do more than you can ask or imagine? Well. So people use that as a way to do things that aren't smart, aren't wise. Here's a way I would like for you to think about it. If we will be God's people, and if we will do what comes next in love and And faith in what God is doing in the world. If we will join the kingdom work of God. If we will go to where God is at work and join him in his work. If we will jump in the river of the kingdom of God. We will end up doing more than we can ever ask or imagine. Do you think the people in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost thought that someday the Christian faith would bring down the Roman Empire? I don't think they could have imagined that. But I think anybody on the day of Pentecost who had said, I've been baptized now, let's go conquer Rome. eh, Probably wouldn't have lasted long. We know that God is at work within us by his power. Let us do the ministry that's in front of us. Let's make the plans that we can see in front of us. Let's make them in faith, but not in stupidity. And let's just take step after step after step after step in the direction of the kingdom of God. And we will end up in places that we cannot imagine right now, bit by bit, doing God's will in the world. Praise be to God's name who uses people and churches like we are to do his amazing work in the world. Maybe this week you need to kneel in prayer. Maybe this week you need to love those in the created family of God. Maybe this week you need to be one who has Christ dwelling in your heart more and more. Thank you for listening to this message from the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. We hope this message helps you to inspire people to follow Jesus because you're convinced, like we are, that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. We invite you to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. Discover more about the Greenville Oaks Church online at greenvilleoaks.org.